Can anyone, everybody hear me? Yeah. Sound. So, well, a big welcome uh, from Hurstwood Church uh, this morning. And uh, I just want to say it's great to be here. And um, Stephen said, do you want me to read? I said, no, I'm going to read this one. Because this is one of my favorites. Have you got a favorite in the Bible? Yeah. Stories. Stories are fantastic things when they're real, you know. So, Edward, he told me not to call him Edward, uh, Eddie, or Ted. He said, Edward. I mean, mum used to say that to me, Edward. That's a great name, that mate. It's a great name, Edward. Okay. Stories from the Bible. Give me some of your favorite stories. You see, it's embarrassing when someone points to you in church and you're not clued up. You're not ready. Be ready. Joe. 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 Story of Job. Fantastic. Fantastic story. But it's not my, one of my favorites. I'm sorry. All right, another one. Don't shrug your shoulders. Yeah, okay. Samaritan woman. The woman, of, the woman at the well, or the Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman. <laughs> I'm going to speak about that this morning. I'm going to speak. That's all I wanted to hear. Now, that's not coincidence. Do you understand me? There's no coincidence when the people of God come together. It's planned. So he wants to speak to you this morning. Because the woman at the well didn't know she was in the presence of the creator of the universe. She hadn't got a clue. And yet God, Jesus, was talking to her. Edward, incredible. He's doing the same today. And people don't know that he's here. She didn't recognize him. I'm going to read this story. Because this is what Stephen uh, wanted to read. And he was no way he was going to read that this morning. Because I'm going to read it to you. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, lawmen, not grace men. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. The reason was the Pharisees were probably planning to hurt or harm him. But he knew. It wasn't his time yet. You're okay. You know what? That's my fault. I should have said turn your phones off before. You're all right. Let's continue. 
Now, he had to go through Samaria. That phrase, you could just read past and forget about it. But don't do that this morning. The Bible said, now he had to go through Samaria. It was 30 miles out of his way. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour, about noon, 12 o'clock, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew. And I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered there, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Say, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank, for him, and drank from it himself? As did also his sons, his flocks and his herds. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water, he told her. Go call your husband. Totally redirects the whole conversation. Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. The fact is, you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God 
is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know, I know that the Messiah called the Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, Jesus said, I who speak to you, I'm he. I have another favorite story in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, and that's, that's the one with uh, Nicodemus. But this is probably one of my favorites. And this happened early in Jesus' ministry. The religious leaders at that time heard that Jesus was baptizing more converts than John the Baptist. They didn't like it. When Jesus learned of it, he left Judea with his disciples to go to Galilee. It was approximately 80 miles. Now, if you can think about it, Judea and Galilee, you've got virtually a straight line. And usually the Jews went on this side of the river. They wouldn't go on that side because the Samaritans is that side. Eighty miles. He's about to identify himself as the Messiah. And to who? To who? He takes a detour approximately 30 miles out of his way. Why? Why was it necessary for him to go through Samaria that way when the journey was there? There was bitter hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. Oh, listen to me this morning. Here's the Savior. Grace. Grace. An acronym for grace. I'm going to. Sp- sp- an acronym for grace. Edward, you're never going to forget this. Okay. An acronym for grace. Give me a. Did you hear him? What did he say? God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. I've got a grace at home and we've got a grace here, haven't we? (laughs) As a Jew, if you touched a Samaritan, you were classed as unclean. You had to wash your hands. He arrives at his destination, a well in Samaria, a town called called Sychar by Shechem. That's what it was called. Tired, thirsty, after traveling approximately 30 miles on foot, Jesus was poor. 
Let me tell you this. No horse, no donkey, no home, and he was tired. He was weary. So he sat down. It was about 12 noon. His disciples went to town for food, so he sat down by a well, waiting 30 miles out of his way, waiting for a woman. Edward, this is the king of kings. 30 miles out of his way, waiting for a woman. The saying goes, you only know somebody if you live with them. Is that right? You only know somebody if you live with them. And I agree with that statement to a degree. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe that? And in creating us, he knows all about us. Everything that's real, Edward said to me when we were talking before the service, it's got to be real. Salvation has got to be real. If it's not, well, go into the world and have a good time because that's what you've got. That's it. It's got to be real. It's got a life-changing experience for you. It puts blinkers on your life and you can only see what Jesus is all about. And that's what happened to me and I thank him for it. He knows everything about us. Everything that's real, true, has a beginning. And God was there in the beginning. All-knowing. All-knowing. Knowing who we are, where we're going, and what we need. Making himself known to us. Always by invitation. Never by force. Gracious. Full of mercy. Forgiving. Hoping always for a response from us. The Bible says it was necessary for him to go there. Why? Why? Jews didn't travel through Samaria. They didn't associate with Samaritans, especially Samaritan women. I salute you this morning, ladies. Yeah, God called me and I was so fortunate that he did. Enabled me to pioneer a church, but I couldn't have done it without a woman. I couldn't have done it without the ladies. They were my army. Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. Oh, well. Well, well, we'll see what the Savior says about that. He was waiting for her. It touches my heart. 30 miles out of his way just to have a meeting with a woman. And she'd been round the bus station a couple of times, this woman. Let me tell you. 
he's waiting for her. He asks her for a drink. She responds by declaring this feud between Jews and Samaritans. You're asking me for a drink? Do you know who I am? Of course he did. She didn't know who he was. And she probably expected Jesus to be exactly the same as all of the Jews. Jesus avoids her objection. He didn't come for a debate here. He came to tell her how special she was. And she didn't know that the King of Kings was just there. He hints to her what she should have known, but was ignorant of. And that's verse 10. Let me get that for you. This, this, this pulpit is too small. Can you make it bigger like that so, so I can get my Bible here like that? And did Stephen hear that? Okay. Where was I? Verse 10. Verse 10. Okay, there we go. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Verse 10. A similar misunderstanding with Nicodemus, the conversation with him. She saw him as a weary traveling Jew, but he would have her know more about him than she did. Jesus is the gift of God. And I know, I know some of us here know, know that, but he is the gift of God the Messiah, the one she and the Samaritans were waiting for. And then for a moment, he puts this aside because you see that the Samaritans only knew the Old Testament, the Pentateuch. They never experienced the New Testament. So she didn't know. She only knew a little bit about the coming Messiah. She didn't know because of that situation. The conversation is about living water here. His design is to awaken this woman's conscience concerning her way of life. And he does it absolutely, amazingly beautiful. But let's see how discreetly and gently he does it with her past life. He says, go and call your husband. He knows all about her. He says, go and call your husband. And come back. She tries to evade the question, but convicts herself, I have no husband. How would the religious leaders have dealt with her, do you think? Hear what Isaiah says. Let, let, me, let me read this for you. Isaiah 42, verses 1 to 4. 
Be patient with me this morning. Let me, let me get this for you. Isaiah. 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit in him. Listen to me this morning. Listen to me, you people. I will put my spirit in him, on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed. Travelers, you know about a bruised reed. A bruised reed. He will not break. And a smoldering wick. He will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope and trust in him. And this is what the lady knew of him. This is the Old Testament. But the Samaritan's rejection of the New Testament gave her little knowledge of, this, of the Messiah she thought she knew. Because the only uh, because they only gave themselves to the Old Testament. How sad. Jesus is here to mend broken lives, people. Amen? He's here to mend broken lives. To give a new start to people. His words, living water, meant the Holy Spirit. Living water. Living and active in us. God living in us. His Spirit touching the physical. And then, after that, our hearts are warmed. That's what happened to me. I, I, I knew God. But I wasn't born again. I knew God. Because every, every time I, I was bad, or naughty, and I was bad. Oh, I was bad. I used to say, sorry, God, and thought that was okay. And got on with my life. But you see, you know when you're born again, you can't hear God and, and feel good about it. You do something wrong, you're not the same person. That's God. Isn't that great? He can do bad things and he's there more than ever he was before because he's pressing on you. And you've got to go back and you've got to say sorry. You've got to get right. Not with the pair, but with him first. Wonderful. You see... Verse 10 says, what does verse 10 say? Who's got a Bible? Someone help me. Come on. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. 
if you knew who it was, if you knew who it was that asks you, what's the next thing? You would have asked him. If you knew who I was, the king of kings, you would have asked me. You would have asked me. You've got to ask God if you want something. You can't just think that he's going to do for you. You can't just sit back on a chair and think everything's going to be all right. Go and ask him. Ask him. Jesus, come into my heart. Because if we ask him, what are we saying? We believe in him. He's there. That's all he needs. We have to ask him. The last part of this amazing encounter, the woman says, I know the Messiah is coming and he will tell us all things. She was expecting him and he didn't disappoint her, did he? He didn't disappoint her. She said, he'll tell us all things when he comes. She was saying, he will tell us the mind of God. He will tell us the things that the Father wants of us. This was her acknowledgement that would lead her to salvation. When he comes, she believed in him. She was expecting him. Then what does he say, Edward? What does he say to her? What does he say to her? I, the one speaking to you, am he. I'm here for you. I've come to you, you haven't come to me. I've travelled 30 miles out of my way to be here because I love you. It only takes a brief encounter with Jesus for this lady, listen to me, Ladies, listen to me. It only takes a brief encounter with Jesus for this lady to become the first person who reveals himself as the Messiah to. A woman, not a man. And a woman with a past. She becomes the first woman, he pre the first person he preaches to outside of Judea. Hallelujah. And in a moment of meeting him, she has forgotten her past. And with confidence, she returns to her village and tells everyone she meets about him. Well, we know that about women, don't we? You tell them something, the whole village knows in about five minutes. He knows what he's doing, the Saviour. He knows who's to pick. She was special. Becoming the first woman evangelist. He rewards 
His rewards are with him. His rewards are with him for, for those who earnestly seek him. You will find him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Edward, you said to me you're coming up. You'd like to visit Hurstwood. I had a minibus and bring a lot of your family. It'll be great to see you. Yeah? We'll have a party. Listen. This is our Jesus. Amen? I know him. You think there's, a, there's, there's my family and my mum. I was the first. Well, Auntie Lenny was first. But in my family, I was first. They give me grief. Me dad, give me grief. But because I had blinkers on, he brought a lot of them. All my family, my uncles, and my aunties. I didn't want gold or silver. I wanted my family to know the master. Because he's the only one who can give you the future. Edward, you have a purpose. You're not safe for nothing. Go out there and tell the travellers about him. Because he loves them. That's what he's all about, you see. Full of grace. Full of mercy. Wanting people not to. To have a future. Amen. Pray for me. Pray for us. Give thanks. Brother, come on. Stand up and give thanks. Give Jesus thanks. Come on. Pray. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for his word we preached this morning. Lord, guide the mind and protect us as we go on our way till we meet again in your name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. There we go. Okay, everyone. I always need these.